We'll return to the Arkansas Razorbacks and some of the great years after this message for the Simmons First National Bank of Pine Bluff. This is Ozarks at Large. It's time to go back into the Prior Center archives to hear some of Arkansas's history. To help us do that is Randy Dixon with the David and Barbara Pryor Center for Arkansas Oral Visual History. Joining me on the phone, welcome back, Randy. Thank you very much, Kyle. What did we just hear? Well, that was uh, Bud Campbell. Um, this is sort of part two from last week's segment. Um, he he was the uh, sports director and voice of the Razorbacks from the mid-60s to the mid-70s. And uh, he had just done so many interviews with so many people, we just decided to pull some more out this week. All right. Well, let's let's get started. We're going to hear from one of the all-time greats next. Yes, Mickey Mantle. This was uh, towards the end of his career. This was in 1966, and uh, he came to Arkansas. He wasn't really uh, promoting baseball. He had picked up a new career selling insurance and uh, was coming to Arkansas. It was a Texas company he was working for and was selling insurance, but, uh, but at least got to get some questions in about baseball. Do you feel that the uh, Yankees will have to become more promotion-minded because of the competition they get in New York uh, from the Mets nowadays? Well, we're going to have to do something. Uh, used to uh, be when the Mets first started, we just could put our ball team on the field, and that was competition enough. But uh, we finished in last place last year uh, in the American League, and I, th- I don't even think the Mets finished in last place. I'm not sure. They might have. But they uh, drew quite a few more people. They have a brand-new stadium, and they've got real good parking, which we don't have at Yankee Stadium. We're in the Bronx there, and we uh, just have the parking facilities that's connected with the ballpark almost, and there's not very much. And uh, they just uh, the Yankees are going to have to do something to give the people uh, something more unless we go ahead and win a pennant again next year, which could happen. I mean, we weren't a last-place ball club. It looked like... Uh, Looked kind of bad, but we lost to 41 or 42 games by one run. And, of course, Mantle, uh, even this was Cardinal territory in the 1960s, but Mantle, being from Commerce, Oklahoma, had a lot of fans in Arkansas. That's right. That's right. Um, But speaking of looking towards the future and, uh, you know, baseball players, let's talk about another baseball great, uh, third baseman George Kell, who was from Arkansas, Swifton, as a matter of fact. Um, and in 1973, um, he talked to him about, you know, life after Major League Baseball. A lot of baseball players uh, made pretty good money while they were playing. It slipped away from them, and they're really doing nothing at this time. When you were playing, were you thinking about what was down the line for you? Constantly, I think, Bud. Uh, uh Baseball is so easy. They pay you for doing something you like to do so well, and they pay you so well for it that you get into the fear or the thinking that someday I'm going to have to work for a living. And I've been very fortunate. I read this one time that a fellow is very fortunate who can grow old with his parents and grow up with his children. And and I've been very fortunate to do that. My father's 73 and my mother's about 68. And I have grown old with them and grown up with my children right in Swifton. And I never intend to live anywhere else. George Kell, who I think 
kind of has been forgotten by a lot of people, but he was a heck of a third baseman most, if not all, of his career with the Detroit Tigers, and he was from Swifton, Arkansas. And there are other Arkansas and, Hall of Famers. And retired to, to Swifton, Arkansas. Yeah. And we have some yeah. other uh, Arkansas Hall of Famers. That's right. Uh, this one from uh, Lucas, Arkansas. And what a character. Uh, pitcher Dizzy Dean. Uh, he would come back to Arkansas all the time. But in this interview, Bud talks to him about Major League Baseball players from back in his day compared to those of the early 70s when he talked to him. Yes, I do, uh, Bud. I think that baseball players today are uh, treated much different than we were in those days. I think ball players in our days wanted to play the game much harder and uh, more often, and we wanted to stay and do those things. But today, it's money. Now, we used to come down out of the our room and then go into the coffee shop with a newspaper and, and read about what who hit this today and how this guy pitched to that guy. But today they come down with Wall Street journals under their arm and want to know what the stock market is. We had more fun, I think, in those days with baseball due to the fact we travel on trains. We was closer together all the time. Uh, these these ball players today has got the most advantage, the most, uh, uh, you know, equipment, and everything's changed. We pitched in small ballparks. We played in small ballparks. We, uh, we slept in trains that didn't have air conditioning on. Now they're flying these big air conditioned jets, and they're still griping. Diz, thank you very much. It's nice to have you back in Arkansas. Next time you come back, uh, my handicap is close to yours. Maybe we can get together. Buddy, I'll join you probably as a partner. <laughs> Thanks ever so much. <laughs> Dizzy Dean, who was a, a great pitcher whose career was cut short when his uh, foot was hit by a line drive in an all-star game. That's right. That's right. But he was uh, a big, big broadcast favorite just because he was so colorful, he would make up words. Well, like you know, he he slid into the base. <laughs> he was popular with baseball fans, but not so much with English teachers across the country. Actually, <laughs> no, no, he would he would get letters uh, yes. scolding him for for his use of the or, or lack thereof of the English language. <laughs> All right, uh, Dizzy Dean, known for among other things, his fastball. But Bob Feller, who pitched for Cleveland for many years, was even more widely known. from Van Meter. Yeah. He was widely known for his fastball. Yes. And he was in town uh, or in the state in 1972, and he talked about uh, an Arkansan uh, catcher, Bill Dickey, from the New York Yankees and just had wonderful things to say about him. One of the all-time pitching greats in baseball is visiting in Little Rock today, Bob Feller, the Van Meter, Iowa farm boy who made a great name for himself in the major leagues. And uh, Bob, I ran into Bill Dickey a while ago, and he was at Cooperstown this past week when Yogi Berra and Colfax and all of them were inducted. I think you were there too, weren't you? Yes, I attend the uh, ceremonies every year. I was inducted in 62. I saw Bill there and DiMaggio and Gomez. They were all reminiscing as well as the other Hall of Famers and guests of the baseball commissioner at the dinner. And, of course, the ceremonies went off fine. It's always good to see Bill Dickey, a great catcher. I consider him the best catcher I ever pitched to. And, of course, pitching to Bill was in the All-Star Games uh, in the Detroit and New York and other cities uh, during our careers in the American League when the American League used to win one now and then. Talking about some of the people that legendary Arkansas broadcaster Bud Campbell interviewed during his career, that was Bob Feller. Uh, Bud, talked to another Arkansas native who made it big in the sports world. Uh, Bear Bryant. Because, you know, uh, 
Bear Bryant would come back to Arkansas a lot too, uh, because of his roots here from uh, Cleveland County. And uh, this instance um, in the seventies, Bud talked to him about college football versus the pros. Coach, I know you've had opportunities to go with the pros, but uh, college football just has a little different atmosphere, doesn't it? Well, yes, Bud, and uh, I think that, of course, when I was having, was having more opportunities when I was young, and at that time I, I really didn't have any uh, interest in pros other than the fact that they don't have to recruit. And um, now I'm, you know, an old man. Uh, I wouldn't mind owning a pro club or part of one, uh, but I haven't had any of those propositions other than, you know, if they want you to do the work too. So that, that I don't think that, well, I know that'll never happen now because I'll, I'll finish mine up at the uh, University of Alabama. One of the great players that you had was Joe Namath, who certainly has, uh, I guess, been the biggest name in pro football in recent years. Could you foresee that when he was a college player for you, that he was going to do this? Oh, I thought so. I think everyone thought Joe was gifted with more talent than any athlete I've ever seen, and, and he's a winner. He's he's uh, intelligent. Football comes easy for him. That is the legendary Bear Bryant, who I think was from Fordyce. Do I have that right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Now, other non-Arkansas natives who were big in the sports world would also come through the state and talk to Bud Campbell, including Lee Trevino. Right, and this was in 68. This was early in his career. He had just had his first major win, which was the U.S. Open. And he came to the Pleasant Valley Country Club in Little Rock uh, for a fundraiser. This is the 1968 U.S. Open champ Lee Trevino from El Paso, Texas, who a few minutes ago was hitting some balls on the range here at Pleasant Valley. And you tell me, Lee, you what, four over on the range? Four over after three balls on the range. <laughs> and I heard, you, I heard you yelling something, and it didn't sound English. You were yelling to your caddy. What was that? Well, I hit one right at him, and I, and, uh, I said cuatro, which means four. You know, he didn't understand me. He just stood there. Lee, uh, just one serious question. It's nice to have you here as part of the group of five, uh, and, of course, it all, all the benefits go toward the Boy Scouts, and we really appreciate you being in Little Rock. I know it's your first trip here, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's uh, my first trip in Arkansas. Uh, never had, I've been to Texicana a couple of times, playing a few programs, but I've never been, uh, I had to get a visa to come up this far. The late Lee Trevino talking with the late Bud Campbell in 1968. Randy, we touched on last week in our first part of this salute to Bud Campbell that he also not only worked for KATV and called Arkansas Razorback football games, but he worked for ABC Network as well. Yes, he did regional games, and uh, they really liked him um, and really respected him. When when he hosted a a student sports banquet, uh, ABC sent down none other than Howard Cosell to act as the keynote speaker. And 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 uh, Bud had some uh, fun introducing Howard Cosell. Yes, well, you know, he, Cosell's style, he was, he was brassy, he was obnoxious, and uh, quite fond of himself. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, in the style of Cosell, this, this is the way Bud Campbell introduced him. This may be a little tough for me, ladies and gentlemen. But in the often nugatory course of human existence, amid the viscous, turgid ebb and flow of everyday incidents, (laughs) please, there comes now and again, at widely disparate intervals, the opportunity to indulge in an act of pristine pleasure. 
Such an opportunity has now fallen my way, and I shall procrastinate no more than the requisite moment to perpetuate upon you an introductory elocution preparatory to the presentation of the gentleman who will provide the oratorical apex of the evening. <laughs> it is perhaps remiss not to delve into and dwell upon the kaleidoscopic credits this man bears in his bag of experience. However, if the time-worn presumption that there are people who truly do not require introduction has any vestige of validity, then this, in fact, is a case in point. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's my honor and privilege at this auspicious juncture of eternity <laughs> to present to you the rhetorical mainstay of ABC Sports. Here he is, live and in person, Howard Cosell. Now, Howard Cosell uh, had a reputation, at least, of being uh, the smartest guy in the room. If you didn't believe it, just ask him. I mean, that was sort of his his <laughs> reputation. And I think he, he played into that, right? I mean, he enjoyed that sort oh, of... Oh, he loved it. Yes. And he and Muhammad Ali had quite a relationship. But he was not without a sense of humor. Let's listen to how Howard Cosell responded to that Bud Campbell introduction. That was a very pleasant departure from the broadcast industry you just engineered upon yourself, Bud. I don't think you realized when you were doing that that you had peremptorily ruptured your relationship with KATV and with the American Broadcasting <laughs> Company. But uh, in the vast cosmopolitan heterogeneous metropolis that is the great city of the world, we don't like smart asses. <laughs> That's Howard Cosell. <laughs> in, in the past, we're talking about Bud Campbell on this week's Prior Center Profiles with Randy Dixon from the Prior. You aren't going to have to bleep that, are you? Ah, uh, nah. Here's where the, the story turns sad. Uh, Bud was in the top of his career. Uh, this was 1974 in October, and he was killed in a, a one-car accident in West Little Rock. Right, and um, this was in the middle of the 1974 Razorback football season, so that meant that uh, the next edition of the coaching show with Frank Broyles would go on, but obviously without Bud Campbell. Right, so uh, ABC uh, sent Chris Schinkel who was one of their main guys at the time to sit in and uh, do the show for Bud with Frank Broyles. Um, right now that is being digitized. So I don't have that clip, but I will. And when we get it in, I'll, I'll certainly bring it on our program. But, but here is um, a tribute uh Bud from his good friend Frank Broyles. This has been a sad day for the Broyles family and for the many sports fans uh, across this state. Uh, Bud Campbell's loss was a, a real tragedy for everybody who loves sports. I've been his close personal friend for the 17 years I've been in Arkansas. We've worked together. I've admired his integrity, his honesty, the way he felt about uh, 
his work, he loved it very much. He was a tireless worker. Every coach and every fan and every player that knew Bud admired and respected him for what he stood for. We at the University of Arkansas uh, were very proud to have had him uh, associated with our Razorback program through the network, both football and basketball. And of course, uh, it's a deep personal loss to Barbara and myself because uh, we have been very close friends through these many years. And you know, Randy, it's really hard to believe that Bud Campbell was with KATV less than a decade when you think about the impact he had on the state. Oh, I know. Just in these last two uh, segments we've done, you can tell uh, how how hard he worked, how much he worked, and how respected he was. You know, everyone knew him. Uh, if you notice in every one of those interviews, they would say, well, Bud, mm-hmm. or, you know, thanks, Bud. They, they all knew who he was. Yeah. So you have also part of his audition tape? Well, yeah. I, I just found this yesterday, <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. But in 1966, he did an audition with uh, Dale Nicholson, and uh, you'll notice uh, it's sponsored by uh, a beer yeah. company. So, yeah, here's here's a little snippet of, of his very first audition for KATV. Special guest tonight, George Sylvie, Director of Scouts for the St. Louis Cardinals. Bud Campbell on Sports brought to you by certified premium quality Lone Star Beer, the beer that makes the most of nature's best. Now here's Bud. Thank you, Dale. Good evening, everyone, for Lone Star Beer. This just highlights what uh, what is involved and included in all of these archives that are being digitized by the prior, for the Prior Center. Well, and I come across things uh, new every day that I that I didn't even realize were in there. So uh, it's going to be great to have these posted and searchable. Uh, it's just a, a treasure. All right. Well, Randy Dixon is with the David and Barbara Pryor Center for Arkansas Oral and Visual History. Just put Pryor Center into a search engine and you can spend hours on this holiday, if you'd like, looking for other material. And Randy, you'll be back with us next week. Absolutely.